Yes, that would be wonderful. Good, okay. Um, let's pray together. Heavenly Father and Lord, thank you, God, for uh, bringing us together this evening. And I don't want the stuff that we're going to cover tonight to be boring or mundane. I want us to see that this is important because this kind of, uh, well, it, it works to cast vision for what we're going to be doing in the the near future and also in, you know, two, three, four, five years out. So um, pray that you wouldn't allow us to get kind of bogged down in the details, but that we would see that this is where I believe you're leading us as a church. So help us just to be a time when we can, um, you know, be united in in where you're leading us as a people. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so you're going to have three packets. We are going to do the one that says... um, not the financial one. What's the other one say on the front? I don't have the the pretty cover page. What does it say? Oh, yeah, the, the ministry objectives at the bottom, 2017 ministry objectives. We're going to start with that one, start with the ministry objectives. Then we're going to do the calendar, and then we are going to do the, uh, the money at the end. Is that cool? So we're going to do the ministry objectives, the, um, then we'll do the calendar, then we'll do the money at the end. So the uh, idea behind this meeting every year is that this would give us an opportunity to um, look back at what has already happened, not only this year, but kind of in the history of Freshwater, and then kind of uh, also to look forward and anticipate where we believe God is leading us in the near and the uh, distant, you know, maybe far off in the distant future. And what that does is that that helps to just clarify um, the vision so that we're all kind of on the same page, at least in the, the, the major details, and it helps to just kind of unite us as we move forward so that when you um, hear about something in, you know, a year and it's like a big deal, hopefully it's not the first time that you've heard about it. Hopefully it's something we've been praying about and thinking about for the several months leading up to um, the launch of that new ministry. So we'll start with that first package. Just like I said, if you want to open that and go to the page right after the cover page, it says 2016 Annual Freshwater Family Meeting, November 13th at the top. We're going to read through most of this, just word for word for the most part, and um, I hope that's not too boring, but kind of a boring dude. So it says, Dear Partners and Future Partners of Freshwater Church, 2016 has been another fantastic year at Freshwater. Since our 2015 annual Freshwater Family Meeting, God has connected us with many new families and individuals. We're all thankful for the growth that we've seen and hope to see it in the future. Our mission as a church is to make disciples by leading the people of our community and world into a totally committed relationship with Jesus Christ. And we have every reason to believe that 2017 will bring with it many of the same blessings that 2016 has brought. Obviously, we don't have a crystal ball, but that's what we hope and that's what we think is going to happen. So the way that this is laid out is um, we're going to start by looking back. We're going to look back over the last year. We're going to look at last year's ministry objectives whenever we came together uh, at the last family meeting. We're going to look at those ministry objectives. We're going to say, okay, um, did we make progress on those? Did we not make progress on those? What happened with those? Did we hit the ball out of the park? Are those going to continue? Are they not going to continue? And... um, We're going to look back, and then after that, we're going to look forward, and we're going to look at 2017 ministry objectives. We're going to have five of those that we're going to talk about. And then after that, we're going to look at some long-term ministry objectives, which are, you know, long-term for us is probably three years, something like that, maybe a little bit farther in the future than that. So um, let's begin by looking back. 
Last year's family meeting primarily included discussion regarding five ministry objectives for 2016. The first one was continued reproduction of life groups. We've done a great job with that. When we came together this time last year, we had six life groups meeting. We set a goal of having ten by this time this year. We've got nine, um, so we're making good progress on that. We haven't um, got to that ten like we set the the uh, the goal for, but I'll talk a lot more about life groups in a second. The second one was establishment of partnership with Thorpe Gordon Elementary. That was something that I was really excited about, and I thought I had all my ducks in a row, but as we uh, proceeded with that, I'm not going to share all the details with you regarding that, but there were things that popped up that just made that... Um, uh, not feasible. I'll put it like that. So I was very disappointed. I was really looking forward to that partnership if you were here last year. Number three, involvement in Awana's partnership with Southridge Baptist Church. Uh, a lot of you have been sending your kids there on Wednesday nights. Number four, installation of deacons. We're going to talk about that some more in a little bit. And then number five, launch of Freshwater Church California campus. We're going to talk about that one as well. So those were the five ministry objectives for 2016 that we talked about this time last year. Um, in addition, there were three long-term ministry objectives. And they were increased development of the California campus, expansion into London, England of our international disciple-making efforts, and identification of next local freshwater church campus. So the 2015 ministry objectives, I'm happy to say we've made significant progress in four of them. So that's great. We're going to talk about many of those as the evening progresses. Financially, looking back, 2016 has brought with an increased giving, although giving has not kept up with increased attendance. So as our attendance has increased, giving has increased, but giving has not increased at the rate that attendance has increased. Okay? Does that make sense? This is to be expected. Be patient. The money we need will come. Our 2016 budget, so the budget that we gave you all this time last year was $185,000. That was the anticipated total, or excuse me, anticipated general receipts. And it looks like by the end of the year, we're going to be maybe 230, 240 or something like that. So we've, we've definitely exceeded our budget. So that's good, but we'll talk more about money later. Let's flip over to the next page. Um, let's look forward. Um, go ahead and take your, now, let's wait. Let's not do our calendar right now. Let's do our calendar after we're done with this packet. We'll come back and do our calendar in a second. I'm going to take just a second. We're going to give some ministry updates. And really, Jared is going to share about the student ministry. You can go ahead and share right now. And then um, I'll talk a little bit about life groups and freshwater kids and uh, some other stuff. So go ahead, Jared. Okay, give me just a second because, you know, technology is awesome. I don't think your mic's on. Uh, a couple of things real quick. Uh, first of all, um, if you don't know me, I'm Jared, the student minister here. And so most of you are very familiar faces. Some of you are shaking your head out so you know me well. That's good. So, all right. Hey, a couple of things I wanted to share with you is uh, the recap of what I stood here last year and shared with you very quickly was um, we were projecting an average attendance of 25 for our student group. That's what we were wanting. That's what we were anticipating. That's what we were praying for. Um, since we relaunched in August... We're at 25.6, so barely squeaked it out. Um, but on the year as a whole, we were actually um, just under that if we take the whole year into a glimpse. But then Josh and I were talking about like the 
last two months, and we're averaging actually closer to 30. So, you know, who, who knows? Numbers are a funny thing as far as that goes. But we are we are right at where we said we were we were anticipating being and wanting to be. Um, another thing that I stood here and said last year was the launch of our small groups within the student ministry, and we have done that effectively. We have um, six groups based off of grade and um, gender, and so we've got our, our three girls' small groups, and then we've got our three guys' small groups. Within that, um, that came with you have to have small group leaders for that, and so we have four of six, and the reason I say it that way is I fill one and Tina fills one, and we would love to um, bring a couple of more people in here, so if you're interested in that, see me after. Cheap plug, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so we... Would love to have it to where Tina and I could kind of just rotate through and be with everybody um, on a different, you know, week-to-week basis kind of deal. So there's that. So that brings us to where we are this year for what we would like to see happen. And so um, we're, we're projecting for 35 is what we're, what we're praying for for average attendance, which doesn't sound like much. But if you look at it in terms of on average, you see about 10% of the church attendance is what we have as far as student ministry involvement. And we've stayed on that pretty well, and I think that that should and probably will continue. Maybe more, maybe less. More's good. That's fine. But that's what we're that's what we're um, actively moving towards. Um, this year, we would like to do our implementation of a one to one mentoring relationship with a minimum of seventy five percent of the students. That's a lot to spit out. Here's what that looks like. That's not. Let me get Billy here to grab a student and do a Bible study with them. It is hey have built a relationship with a kid on purpose intentionally that as you go and as you do life, you just walk with them, you touch base with them periodically and you go, Hey, just what can I pray for you about? And as you're doing those things, this, this relationship just naturally builds and it occurs and you're next thing you know, you're investing in their life and they're investing in yours and things are just really, really good. The reasoning behind the importance of that is this, and, and you guys are probably aware of this, but the more people that are involved, the less likely people fall through the cracks. And so I've got a team of about 10 of us that regularly Wednesday nights we stand up here, we, we talk to them, we meet them at the doors, we play games and throw stuff at each other and have all kinds of fun. We do those things. But 10 for 25 or 30 is a little, you know, it, it's a good ratio, but it's better to be able to invest in people one-to-one. So that's what we're looking at. Um, another thing that I had on my, on my point here that I had to line out was this, I had um, recruitment of an adult uh, worship leader to come and help lead our worship team. And so God's a show-off, if you didn't know that, and uh, got ahead of us on this thing because uh, two weeks ago I had a conversation with an individual that um, felt like they were being led in the direction of trying to be more involved and things like that. And so Eric Barb has come on and has been an amazing Mm -hmm. investment um, in our ministry and has has already paid dividends, our, our worship team, um, is following his direction, and we get to partner with him and get to see him come along. And we are extremely, extremely grateful for God providing that one ahead of, of us even getting to say that that was a goal. So uh, Tina and I had talked about that, and I had said something to Josh about it, and next thing you know, here we are. So go God. That's mm. good. Um, third thing, um, uh, so Josh is a, uh, is a really good um, graphic display person as far as the calendars and planning and things like that, and uh, and I am... Not. Um, and so, but I'm working on um, completing our calendar very similar to what you will see here in just a minute. I've got about two things withstanding that I don't have a solid date on where I would shuffle these out and go, here you go. But I don't have that just yet. So by this time next week, I'm planning for that one. Um, and then the last one that I have for, for this year that's a big priority for us is uh, recruitment and or training of a sound and uh, words tech for our Wednesday nights. Um, 
If you've been to a Wednesday night service with us yet, uh, you, you've probably seen this happen where I will typically run to the back right after I do announcements or pray or talk right up front, and I'll run to the back and I'll run words um, for our worship service. And then we get done, and as they're praying, I'll run back up front and be ready to go. And so uh, I could use the, the exercise, that's perfectly fine, but it would be really great to involve some other people with that one. So that's, uh, that's our, our, our bottom of our priority list, but it would be really good to have that too. So that's, uh, that's okay. what I've got on the whole. So. Jared, are the kids that are coming on Wednesday night, are they church kids? Are they kids that are already here on, Wednesday, on Sunday mornings? Are these separate families, or is it a mixture? And if it is a mixture, what ratio? Of- it, it's definitely a mixture, um, but it's, it's dominantly church kids. I mean, we've got you know, our families that are here already. We've got probably... I'd say five of the 25.6 average. Um, I don't know where that .6 comes from, but we've got about five of them that are, that, that's the only affiliation they have is on, is on Wednesdays. Okay, so. cool. Uh, if you all have any questions for Jared, seek him out after this meeting, okay? And hit him up with anything that you want to hit him up with. If your life, make sure if, if whatever your life group you're in, make sure you know you're kind of plugging your, or poking your, I should say poking, poking your life group leader. Maybe y'all could come hang out on Wednesday night occasionally, once a quarter, something like that. Um, so that, you know, you kind of integrate yourselves with the teenagers and get to know them a little bit and minister to them and just show them that you actually care about them and you love them so that they don't feel like a separate, like a whole separate little silo from everybody else at the church. So there's the student ministry. If you read ahead, Freshwater Kids is next. Basically, every child in Cole County is attending Freshwater Kids. Do you all realize that? I don't know that there are, maybe Cole and Montauk, I'm not really sure. Um, But there are a ton of kids back there, and um, I'm going to share a little bit more about that in the future, in just a, a little bit of time. And then life group ministry, currently nine life groups meeting with more launching after the beginning of the year. So I'm not going to share all the numbers that Luke has got in store, but Luke is uh, working tirelessly with the current life group leaders as well as some that uh, we believe, you know, God's going to lead to start new life groups. Luke, I didn't ask you to share tonight. Do you want to? Is there anything you want to say? Okay, go ahead, buddy. Oh, half an hour, whatever. Two hours, all right. Um, Who was here in second service today? All right. Andy and I did chair setup in the back, which was fun. We ran out of space, guys. I mean, this place is just, it was packed, absolutely packed. Uh, So right now we're at nine life groups. We had 350 today. 315. 315? Yeah. Okay, 315. So at the current ratio, those numbers are way too big. My goal is, is to get 100% of the people exposed to life groups. Josh can share the statistics with you. Um, life groups are key to getting people plugged in and committed here. And so I'm not chasing after quantity, but my goal is to get people involved so that they're hearing the Word of God and they're being forged into disciples who are committed to Jesus and are reproducing that in others. And so life groups are a key um, vessel in how we, how we complete that here. And so my goal is to continue to grow. And so... Most of you guys, I can see you here, most of you guys are in life groups right now, but look at me. If you're not, we're coming for you, all right? <laughs> all right? True. 2017, my goal is to develop leaders. We're way out of a ratio in terms of the people sitting here in the chairs on Sunday morning versus the leaders we have who are willing, able, and trained up and good to go with launching off in other groups. And so we've really got homes, like we've got host homes that works. 
We've got um, people that are interested and want to get kind of plugged in and check this stuff out. We need leaders. Absolutely need leaders. So, so um, please join me in praying for that, that God would raise up people and kind of and pluck people in their heart, just get them involved and interested and engaged in that way. Um, and so um, that's the thing, man, leaders. We've got to have the leaders because there are a ton of people here who I'm just excited about, about the growth, and I want to I wanna kind of hook them when they're here and, and ready to, to plug in. Life groups are how we do that here. Yeah, absolutely. So I want you all to remember that I know it's easy to get excited when you come in today. Like the second service was stupid packed. The first service was still really full. And it's easy to get excited about those things. But remember, we don't believe that that's where disciples are made. I love to preach. I love to uh, shout to the Lord and sing, y'all. But I promise you, if you look at... Um, Everything from giving, from who's giving to who's serving to who's witnessing to just going down the list. All of that comes about as people in our life groups. Um, I've heard it called the 80-20 rule. I think it's more like the 90-10 rule. And what that rule is is that the, of those that are in a small group, in a life group, 90% of them will still be in your church in five years. Of those that aren't in a small group, uh, 90% of them will be gone from your church in five years. So that's why we are so stupid about this is because the avenue by which people are going to stick is a life group. I mean, it's just, I've seen it pan out a thousand different times. So, um, the biggest thing I'd ask of you guys, if you could, is just be purposeful. Sundays happen, man, just like that. It seems like it's so fast. We're in and out of here. If you can be purposeful about reaching out to people, especially that you, that you don't know, if you haven't, if you're not connected with someone, make sure that you're you're introducing yourself, welcoming them, and then the, the natural follow-up for me is, hey, have you heard about our life groups? And just see if you can invite them to yours or maybe get them plugged in to, to something that you, may be, that you think may be a good fit for them. So please, uh, please be purposeful about that. It's easy to kind of hang out with your buddies, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, man, I hate the idea of, of people, of stuff falling through the cracks because we were just kind of... Um, not not purposeful about engaging the folks that God's bringing through those doors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by the way, some of you host life groups in your home. Thank you so much. I look out and I see many of you who are hosting or who are preparing to host new groups. Um, so thank you all. All that is 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 so important, and um, I'm so thankful for um, everything that we've seen. You know, this is going to be an uphill climb for us probably forever, trying to find enough um, life groups, enough leaders. Most of our groups are jam-packed, and um, it's a good problem to have, but nonetheless. Thank you, Luke. Appreciate it, buddy. Okay, let's move on to 2017 ministry objectives. So here's what we want to uh, make happen in 2017. Number one, development of Freshwater Church California campus. This is something that we have. I looked at my notes. I looked at my sheet that this version of this form that we used two years ago, which I think... Calvin, we may have met in the association building for that one. Did we? Okay. So that's how long ago that was. But I was looking at that, and that was the first year that we began casting a vision for um, to plant a church in California, Missouri. So if that's new to you, let's check this out. To be clear, the initial vision is for Freshwater Church California to remain under the umbrella of Freshwater Church Jefferson City, hence the term campus. The California campus will not initially be a fully autonomous, self-governing church. Rather, Freshwater will simply function as one church meeting in two locations. Now, we're going to talk about what that looks like, and the, the ultimate goal is that it would be a fully autonomous, uh, you know, 
church all by itself, not under our authority at all, but initially it will have to operate under our authority. In order to achieve achieve this ministry objective, three goals have been established. These are the same three goals we've been talking about the last three years. First, we're going to begin monthly worship services in California. Second, we're going to move from monthly to weekly. And third, we're going to call a California campus minister. There are three mileposts that will determine when and how these goals are pursued. So let's work through this. Let's, I just want to remind you of what we're working toward, and I also want to remind you of the progress that we've made because it has been two years since the first time we brought this up, and I don't want you to think that we're just spinning our wheels and we're not making any progress and this isn't coming to fruition because it absolutely is. So our first goal is to begin having a monthly worship service in California. Milepost one is three life groups meeting in the California area and average weekly total life group attendance of 20 in those California life groups. So that's our first milepost. Um, the second milepost is Jefferson City Campus is financially stable. So that first mile, so, so the idea is we want to hit milepost one and milepost two before we implement goal number one, before we move to that, all right? So that first milepost will likely be reached very soon. California life groups are, are hopping, um, Rosellis's are, I, what do you, I mean, they're having a ton of, they're, they're just really, really full. Um, so I think we're going to have that third life group in the California area fairly soon, and Luke could share with you more details on that. So we've almost got that first mile post kicked in the butt. The second one um, has been reached. We're financially stable. We're not wealthy in any ways, but we're financially stable. So goal one, we, we're almost to the point where we can begin pursuing goal number one and begin implementing that. Goal number two is to, to then move from a monthly to a weekly worship service. So the milepost that we want to hit for that is milepost number three, when we have five life groups meeting in the California area and total average life group attendance of 30 in those life groups combined. Um, so when we implement a monthly worship service, when those life groups continue to grow and we get to the point that we have five life groups, the vision is that that's when we roll that into a weekly service. So note, milepost three must be achieved before goal two is implemented. And then goal number three, and these are the same things we've been talking about two years, um, calling of California campus minister. So we've kind of got ahead of ourselves, I guess, a little bit on this one, but Nick Swoboda has been chosen as the campus minister for the California campus. He and his wife, Ashley, are thrilled about their future leading this campus. Um, Beginning in January, Nick will be pursuing a Master of Arts in Theological Studies degree at Midwestern Seminary in Kansas City. So we feel like y'all have heard Nick preach. He's hitting the ball out of the park consistently, feels called to ministry in um, some way vocationally, he, be- he believes, and we don't know exactly how that's going to work out with his job, if he's going to be bivocational with the California church and um, still keep his job, or what exactly that's going to look like, but we feel very confident in retaining him and sending him to uh, be the lead campus minister of the California church. So um, we've got him um, pegged. We want to give him plenty of time to finish his maths degree. That's a 45-credit-hour, two-year uh, master's degree at Midwestern. We want to get close, to, hopefully, close to him finishing that degree before we proceed. So um, I don't know exactly what that's going to look like, but um, the next paragraph, we are not yet sharing a date as to when we anticipate the launch of this campus. The launch of the California campus will proceed as the mileposts are achieved be patient, please. And I'm telling y'all, I want to rush. I really do. I'm tired of being patient. I really am. But it's much better that we be fully prepared than to launch prematurely. 
With that in mind, 2017 will include much more continuing preparation for this campus, including the following. So second, by second quarter 2017, we're going to craft the ministry structure. Uh, third quarter 17, solidify the launch team. Fourth quarter 17, scout facilities, hopefully find a facility. Begin installing ministry team leaders in the fourth quarter of 17 and establish the, light, establish the launch date. So we're not putting a launch date for that California campus on there yet, but hey, there he is right there. Hey, buddy. Um, uh, but we are saying that that's how we want 2017 to proceed. Maybe it will proceed quicker than that. Y'all were here this morning. We may have to kick all these California people out so that we can make room for some Jefferson City people. I don't know how that's going to work. We want to be um, patient with Nick and let him get as far in school as he possibly can. But, um, um, and then also, you'll notice, remember, the California campus will not be released as a fully functioning autonomous church until the following three ca- criteria are met. Number one, financially secure and self-sustaining. Number two, missional acceptance and participation. So we want them to be involved in their own mission work. And number three, a self-desire for the church to be autonomous. When we use the word autonomous, that means kind of by itself, right? So no authority over it. We're an autonomous church. There's no authority over us except for Jesus, obviously. And um, so when we're looking at California, that's what we want it to ultimately be. But we could get to the point where the people at that church, the leadership at that church, they desire to stay um, with us, you know, to stay as a, as a campus, and they don't want to be an autonomous church. So I wouldn't want to force that on them, but I do want it to, to definitely be um, in the mix. So some, some prayer barriers, or so, excuse me, some barriers or prayer opportunities to this objective being achieved. They include, number one, resistance from established churches. I wish that that was not the truth, but it is. Number two, distractions that take our minds and hearts off of our mission. So some distractions would be Let's just take care of ourselves. You know, keep everybody for us. Those are the, the, the ideas, the mindset that oftentimes takes over our life. And number three, financial concerns. So uh, we still going to be able to pay the bills if we start this church, if we send these people and they're given to that ministry. Are we still going to be able to keep the lights on, etc., etc. So here's some opportunities for you. Number one. Consider joining the California launch group. We haven't established that launch group, but you'll see that up above that we're going to be solidifying that in the third quarter. That's the goal. Um, So I would just ask you to consider being a part of that launch group. That could mean you driving from Jeff City to California every week. That could mean you sending your tithe, your offering to that church rather than to this church. Um, that could mean you just saying, hey, I'm going to go, and even though I live in Jeff City, I'm going to be a part of that launch group to get them up and going and serve with them and minister with them for the first two years. And then after two years, I'm going to come back to Jeff City. You know, it could look a lot different for you, but I have told Nick... And I've told everybody else that I've talked to about that church is I would love for us to send the best people that we've got, right? Um, so, uh, you know, if you're awesome, and I'll just let you decide on that, um, <laughs> consider that, you know. I don't want us to, I want us to do everything that we can to prepare them to be successful. Can I use that word? To prepare them to. Whatever, however you want to say it. Somebody polish it up better than me. But, you know, so that, so maybe you need to consider being part of that California launch group when we get to that point. And then secondly, opportunity, do you know someone that lives in the California area that might be interested in our freshwater California campus? Begin sharing the vision with them soon. So you might know somebody. I mean, I meet people every week 
here every single week who have been looking, they moved to town a year ago, and every Sunday they go to a different church and they've just never felt one that they plugged in at. Y'all talk to these people? I mean, it's the same story over and over and over. So there's got to be people like that in California as well. There has to be. I guarantee you there are. So if you know people like that, just begin casting that vision to them soon. Um, Actually, we had a young family. I don't, I wish I knew if they were here today, but y'all were here and... It was packed. So I don't know if they were here today, but they were here last week, and I was talking with him. He's probably 20 years old, and his fiancée was, I think, 19 or 20 as well. And I'm talking with him where he's from, and I said, oh, where are you from? He said, oh, I'm from California. And he said it like he was kind of ashamed of it. I thought, Dude, I'm from California, and I'm awesome. So, you know, I don't know. You need to pick yourself up by your bootstraps, buddy. But um, I told him just briefly about our vision for uh, planting this this church in California. Man, him and his fiance, they were excited. You know, there are other people like that that we just got to get our hands on. So um, that's the first goal, the uh, first objective, excuse me. Number two, launch of partnership with Children's Hope Chest. Launch of partnership with Children's Hope Chest. Children's Hope Chest exists to glorify God by releasing the potential of orphaned and vulnerable children and their communities through partnerships that cultivate holistic transformation and sustainability. Children's Hope Chest accomplishes this by engaging churches and other Christian communities in long-term partnerships that empower local leaders to share the gospel and make disciples. We are committing to the sponsorship of 50 children that are ministered to at a care point in Finca El Zapote, Guatemala. Okay, this is, let me tell you a little bit about this. So, um, Children's Hope Chest is a ministry that is similar to, similar to Compassion, World Vision, if you've heard of some of those, but I think it's, it's better, honestly, as I've looked at it, and that's coming from a guy that has two kids in Compassion, okay, in Ghana. Um, but uh, Children's Hope Chest is a similar ministry, and I could tell you some of the stuff, but I might get it wrong, so I'm actually going to let Jessica come. And Jessica's uh, had involvement with Children's Hope Chest for quite a while, and she's going to share about her involvement there and um, whatever else you want to share. Is that cool? Hi, I'm Jessica, if you don't know me. Um, So I just want to say that um, this portion of our little program here is the answer to like a thousand of my prayers. So um, so it's really cool that um, this is what we're doing. So um, I first heard about Hope Chest when I was living in Northeast Iowa. I was a reporter, and I wrote a story about some local people there who had just started um, a partnership of their own with Children's Hope Chest, and they were going to Uganda. And so I talked to them um, for this story I was writing, and at the end of it I was like, this is such a cool organization. Um, I would love to get involved. And they said, cool, sponsor a kid. So I did, and like four to six months later, I was on a plane to Uganda with people I didn't really know. Um, And I went back the next three years, the next three summers. So um, it is very near and dear to my heart. The biggest thing that sets this apart from the other organizations, which I have a kid through World Vision, um, is that they want you to go. It's a community-to-community partnership. So it's us loving on a specific community and empowering 
um, the most vulnerable, so most of the children that we'll be sponsoring are orphans or have at least lost one parent. Um, and um, really, it's building up the community through the children first. Um, so basic sponsorship is $38 a month. Um, it can come straight out of your checking account. That's what I do. It's the easiest thing. Um, and it pays for basic medical care, which is huge, um, food, clean water, which those are basic things that, you know, you'd think that they would have, um, but a lot of children don't. Um, it also pays for discipleship. So these kids are getting Jesus. They're getting fed, but they're also getting Jesus, um, which I think if we can meet both the spiritual and the physical, then that's what we should do. Um, and it also pays for eventual, um, like, job skills training. So the villages that I've been to in Uganda, um, there are three of them. They're all at different stages um, in how they've been partnered with. Um, and so it's super cool to see the ones that have been um, there for longer. We've been involved longer, and so they are getting job skills training now. Um, a lot of the kids are not ever going to graduate from high school because they're in second grade and they're 16. So how can you minister to them and um, get them, you know, contributing to society and making money and being able to support themselves eventually? So it's a really cool program where it, you know, goes with the youngest, the most vulnerable, but really it empowers the entire community. Um, I don't know. I could talk about it for days, literally. Um, I love it. Super passionate about it, and I'm really, really excited to see you guys get involved and be passionate about it as well. Thank you. Okay. So one major difference between Children's Hope Chest and many of the other organizations is that Children's Hope Chest goes into an area, it establishes a care point with an exit strategy. So it's not a dump money into this place, this area, indefinitely and have no um, long-term like improvement where you can eventually exit and the community is better as a result of that and that can continue, Children's Hope Chest goes in with an exit strategy, which I'm, I, I wanted to see. I don't want to see um, where you just dump money into something and it goes on forever and ever. So the way that this works is um, we have, Freshwater has committed to get 50 kids sponsored at a specific care point in a place called Finca El Zapote. I think Zapote is pronounced like that. Finca, I'm pretty sure, is right. Finca means farm. So it's farm of Zapote. Zapote is a fruit. So this town, it's a little mountain village. I think it's four or 5,000, I think, up in this top of this mountain next to a volcano, which is wonderful, I guess, whatever. I mean, somebody's got to live there, right? I'm glad it's not us, but they do. They live next to the volcano, underneath the volcano. And um, this it's called Finca El Zapote because there used to be these huge farms filled with this specific fruit called zapote, and um, uh, a lot of it used to be um, coffee farms on the hillside of the volcano, but the guy who owns it all changed it to cattle, and when he changed it to cattle, that sucked away all the jobs. There's a 90% unemployment rate in this city, 90%. So I can share with you all kinds of accounts on that. I'm not going to, we're going to save that for when we launch this on January 15th so that we can get you all teary-eyed and then, you know, hitch in the checkbook. That's how we roll here if you didn't know that. But here's, um, but um, uh, yeah, so I went on a, a, a vision trip just, I think, um, late summer or something like that. And I'll tell you a lot more about that at a, at a later point. But we have committed to 50 kids. 
Now, when we say we've committed to 50 kids, it's not like if we only get 45, the church has to pay for the rest. What we're doing is we're saying, okay, we're going to do everything we can to get 50 kids sponsored. Um, Shasta and I are going to take, um, what did you decide, 15 or 20? Is that what you said? She decided something, and it was not 15 or 20, but it was something. So we're going to, you know, at least one or two of those are taken care of, but we're going to have to take care of the rest. Um, and when I say we, I mean y'all and everybody else in Freshwater. So if you turn to the next page, um, it says, in order to achieve the stated ministry objective, the following action plan has been developed. We're going to launch this partnership on January 15th. Uh, the reason January 15th is because... Um, that's Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. So um, if you don't know, that's the anniversary of Roe versus Wade. Um, what, 60 million dead babies ever since that Supreme Court ruling. So um, it's oftentimes, it's Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. So we're going to celebrate while the rest of the nation is rejoicing because they um, abort our babies. We're going to be celebrating life and children. And we're going to um, get these 50 kids sponsored. Number two, achieve total sponsorship of 50 children by launch date or at launch date. And then number three, two annual disciple-making trips to Finca El Zapote. So if y'all remember, our Mexico church planting efforts, our last trip to Mexico is coming up in November, just a couple weeks away. Um, and then, so our three-year commitment to that church plant is taken care of, and our two trips next year are going to be with Children's Hope Chest to Finca El Zapote. So you sponsor a kid, you go visit the kid. Like, that's, that's the cool thing about it. Um, Jessica has been to Uganda 50 times, four, four times. That's still a lot to go to you know, Central Africa, and that's because she's got kids there that she loves, and, and um, she... Um, funds on a regular basis. So it says next, Jessica Dern has been chosen to be the director of our Children's Hope Chest Partnership. She's going to be leading most of the trips as well as coordinating the interaction. So anticipated barriers, here's the anticipated barriers. Uh, mission drift, mission drift a couple different ways. Um, we don't want to, um, we want to remember that the goal is to make disciples, right? So you don't, I don't want you to see Children's Hope Chest is just an avenue to put food in kids' bellies. That's not what it is. I wouldn't be enthusiastic about that at all. If you remember, we're going through John, John chapter 6. Jesus uh, feeds the 5,000 with five loaves of bread and two, uh, two fish. He feeds them physically, and then right after that, he calls himself the bread of life. He gives a great sermon, right? So Jesus meets their physical needs so that he can come behind that and meet their spiritual needs. That's a lot of what children's hope chest does they meet their physical needs so that they can come behind them and meet their social needs or meet their, their spiritual needs if they're just meeting the physical needs i'd say there are other organizations that do a great job but because they're doing both and they're doing it well after i was there i'm really excited about it and then secondly financial that's an anticipated barrier some of you are going to say 38 bucks 40 bucks rounded up um that's too much it's more than i can afford whatever um or you're going to say josh you know you're already milking us for money for to pay for the land and all this other stuff i will say this if it came down between you being able to sponsor a child or give toward the land would you sponsor a child would you do that could you just say, you know what, the land, we'll eventually get that paid for, but uh, kids need food to eat right now, so let's, let's take care of that first. So if it got down to that, I'd encourage you to do that. Make that choice. Opportunities for you. Plan on sponsoring a child. If $38 is too steep for you, consider splitting the cost with someone in your life group or with a friend. Tell others about our partnership with Children's Hope Chest. You don't have to go to Freshwater to sponsor a child. 
Number three, plan on going on a trip with us to Guatemala. Hope Chest encourages sponsors to visit their sponsored children. All right, we got a video for Hope Chest. Can you go ahead and throw that up? And this isn't real long at all, and then we'll get to number three after it's done. Children growing up in poverty in Guatemala are facing difficult situations. Violence, crime, drugs, getting involved in a gang, or being trafficked. We see families struggling with the same issues generation after generation. However, we as Body of Christ are here to tell families you can break that cycle. I believe that, you know, if we change a child, we can see a transformation of a whole community. But they need someone to, to help them release that. Sponsorship is the first step to connect a community in the U.S. with a community in a country that is in need. But sponsorship goes beyond just helping a child with their basic needs. You know, you get engaged with the community that you are supporting. Comenzamos con cinco niños, hoy hay 365. Y así hay varios que me llenan mi corazón de alegría porque siento como que Dios me dice, mira, mira lo que, por ser obediente, mira lo, los resultados de lo que un día te prometí. De, de todo lo que nosotros estamos trabajando para que los niños aprendan, para la, que la comunidad esté aprendiendo, queremos llegar a que la comunidad sea autosostenible, que ellos puedan crear sus fuentes de trabajo, que ellos puedan alimentar ellos mismos a sus familias y que aparte de eso ellos puedan ayudar a otros, que ellos puedan apoyar a que ellos también puedan salir y así puede hacer también que nuestro país salga adelante. And it is like a ripple effect. If you transform the life of a child, you can transform the life of their families and of their communities. Si no tenemos esperanza, nos quedamos, nos morimos, no luchamos. Muchas gracias por lo que me ha ayudado. 
Mi sueño es un día para ser doctor, para ayudarle a la gente. Don't underestimate the power of prayer, the power of a hug, or a smile, because God can use that to give hope to the children who live in poverty. Carrie Martin, how many times have you been to Guatemala? Six. Okay, good. You haven't been with Hope Chest, but you've been to the dump there many times, right? They, ha- they do work there as well. So Carrie's been to... Anybody else been to Guatemala? Jesse, you went to Guatemala. Okay, one time. Cool. Okay, good. So I've left out a lot of details having to do with Hope Chest. One of the reasons being that we're going to spend a whole Sunday talking about that when we launch that. So um, you can look forward to that. Anything else that I want to tell you about Hope Chest before we move on? I think that's about it. Um, number three, as we um, continue going through this, um, continued reproduction of life groups. I'm not going to read all of this, but I mean, we just heard from Luke earlier. We've got nine life groups right now. We have a goal of having 13 by this time next year. There's going to be an increase of 44% add four life groups. Realistically, we probably need, you know, 10 more life groups, but it's always gauging host homes. How many leaders can we find? How quickly can we get them trained to the best of our ability? Some opportunities for you at the bottom of the page. Please, number one, please be adamant and consistent in casting vision for the launch of new life groups. Whatever life group you're in, y'all should be talking about starting a new group. Did you realize that? Like, you should already be talking about it. When, you, when you're there with six people, you should be saying, hey, we, we look forward to the day when we get to start a new group, don't we? Isn't that going to be great? Isn't that going to be a wonderful thing? Number two, when needed, be willing to send your folks to help launch new groups. So don't be afraid of that. That's a blessing to be able to do that. And then number three, always be watching for potential uh, future life group leaders. If you will, um, Luke told me this, if you, if you will give him the name of someone that you think is a potential life group leader, and if they actually one, do, one day do become a future life group leader because of that contact, Luke is going to give you $100. It's a finder's fee is what it is. So just, you might as well turn every name over. He told me this. He's a sacrificial man. He loves Jesus. Okay. All right. That's cool. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Number four. We're still on 2017. Number four, installation of deacons. So the deacon lesson video is currently on the website. Many nominations have already come in. I would encourage you, if you haven't already done so, if you've joined the church, go on the website, watch that video, nominate nominate who you think is uh, called by God and qualified to fill those positions. Um, By the way, I have been so blessed, and that sounds like something a preacher would say, I have been so blessed when y'all have called me, texted me, emailed me about something in that video, and you've said, Josh, I think you're wrong. And if y'all have watched it, some of you know what I'm talking about. And, um, and what I appreciate about that is I don't want you to just kind of swallow everything that I feed to you. I want you to look at it, hold it up against the word of God. If I haven't made a good case and you think the Bible argues differently, then you need to go with the Bible. So, man, I'm just thinking to myself, man, it is so good. It is such a blessing to know that y'all are actually thinking through this stuff and trying to go where the scripture takes you. So that's on the website. That's number four. We want to, um, I'd love to have those deacons recognized, trained, and installed by summer 2017 if that could happen. Now, having said that, I haven't even, we haven't even, 
officially decided what exactly the responsibilities are going to be. We're still talking through that, but um, uh, be sure that you're making progress on that if you have joined the church. Number five, launch of Act Like Men and relaunch of Wellspring. Let's talk about this one. Act Like Men is what it sounds like, a new discipleship avenue designed to help men act like men. Wellspring is the non-testosterone version of Act Like Men. Act like men is better because it will involve more bacon. <laughs> I really thought it'd be later in the evening by the time we got to this. So I was trying to think, what can I, you know, what? You like bacon too? Well, you need to come hang out with us because all they eat is like, I don't know, organic stuff, whatever. Okay, good. Serve bacon. Good for you. Happy for you. Um, so, uh. So here's what Act Like Men is, and here's how Wellspring is going to be different than what it's been up until this point. You know what I love about starting a church is I love that if we decide we need to change something, we can change it. You know, we're not tied into anything just because that's the way that it's always been. So if we feel like it's going to be more effective to do it a different way, guess what? We can do it a different way. And that's what um, Marcy has decided with Wellspring, with the, the ladies that help with that. But, um, so here's what Act Like Men and Wellspring are, are going to be beginning 2017. Both will work simultaneously throughout the year to help disciple the men and women of Freshwater They will include two four-month semesters, spring and fall. Each semester will include a launch service to open the semester and a wrap-up to conclude the semester. During the semester, groups of three individuals will meet twice a month to study and pray together. So here's the idea, is act like men and wellspring are both going to be meeting in pretty much the same months of the year. Um, They're both going to have an opening and a closing service. That opening service is going to be designed to um, establish groups of three individuals that are then going to meet about every two weeks, so eight times throughout those four months, and they're going to study the book of the Bible together or they're going to study a book or whatever it happens to be, whatever the the leaders of those prospective ministries um, decide to do together. So the idea here is if you think about what does it mean to make a disciple, remember that um, there's the large group gathering on Sunday morning, There's the small group gathering, which we would see as Jesus' 12 apostles, his 12 disciples, right? And then there's Jesus had his small, small group. He had Peter, James, and John, remember, who were kind of like his best buds. They were with him everywhere he went. So you see this this pattern in Jesus himself. He had the, the big groups, he had his small group, and then he had his small, small group. So up until this point at Freshwater, we've had our big group, we've had our small group, now we're going to have our small, small groups. We're going to have groups of three, four, maybe something like that, who are meeting on a regular basis throughout those semesters. It's going to basically be the same between Wellspring and Act Like Men. The format is going to be very, very similar. Chris Painter is going to be leading Act Like Men, although many individual group leaders will be serving under him. Chris, stand up so everybody knows who you are. Hi, Chris. Hey, Chris. <laughs> um, and then uh, Cynthia is next to Chris. And if you all don't know, Cynthia's they're uh, married. And Cynthia, do I get to tell everybody you're pregnant? Have you told people that? Okay. All right, good. So Cynthia's pregnant with their third child. And um, are you telling gender and stuff as well? Okay. It's a boy. And the name is going to be... Ar- Arnaldo, Armando David, and if you don't know, David is David in Spanish. Did y'all know that? 
It is. It's true, isn't it? Yes, that's right. Yeah. So, and you're due in April? Yeah, cool. Okay, good. Congrats. So, um, Chris is going to be leading Act Like Men, and then Marcy Porter is going to continue leading Wellspring. So here's the opportunities for you. Beginning November 20th, that's next week, we're going to begin enrolling folks that are interested in Act Like Men and Wellspring. So here's the idea. They want to have a kind of a collection of those names of people that are interested so we know how to anticipate how many leaders we have to train to lead those groups, etc., etc. So next week, they're going to begin plugging that rather heavily. So there's your five 2017 ministry objectives. That's what we want to see happen in 2017. Now let's move on to the long-term ministry objectives. Number one, so these would be like two, three, four, five years out, increased development of the Freshwater Church California campus. We want to continue making progress on that. Uh, Be reminded the campus will begin with a monthly gathering in California. That's the idea. Hey, by the way, if we decide we get close to that and we say, you know, we don't want to do a monthly. We want to just start off with a weekly right from the beginning. We can do that. You know, there's nothing stopping us from doing that. But right now, that's that's where we're headed. Um, So we want to continue making progress on that. Number two, calling a full-time minister of disciple-making. So who's our current minister of disciple-making? Luke. So this is the one that says, I have a formal plan to can Luke. Can him. Just fire him. Um, here's, here's the idea is that um, the, the life groups, if you don't know, his job already demands a ton of attention. Like we would love it if everything just worked out fine, but even just handling the life groups, that is already a lot of work. So my idea, my vision would be that eventually we get to the point financially where we can hire a full-time minister of disciple making, and what we're going to do if possible is that that individual would be over both the life groups and they'd be over freshwater kids. Um, and I'll tell you why about freshwater kids here in, in um, just a second. I wrote on there, on average, churches have one full-time staff member for every 76 people in attendance. That's the average. So that means, on average, we are way, way below that. Of course, our budget is not anywhere close to what a church normally has for the size of our attendance. But um, I'd love to, and Luke knows this. He knows this probably two, three, five years ahead of schedule. You know, eventually, um, Luke's obviously not going to quit his job uh, flying the jet plane all over the country, but uh, um, eventually we'd love to have somebody full-time in that. And then that would also give Linda Gramblin a break. She's doing that for free, you know, taking care of freshwater kids. Number three, identification of next local freshwater church campus. So let's think a little bit past California. After we plant California, after it's autonomous, it's done doing its thing to the glory of God, what's after that, right? So um, we want it to be fully functional, and we want to, after that point, be looking at another area where we could plant a church, start a church. So that might be Holt Summit, it might be Eldon. Lynn, I think, is a great one. The east side of Jefferson City, downtown Jefferson City, Fulton is a possibility as well. So all these surrounding communities all around California, we need to be, you know, we've got, look at all the people that we've got coming from west of Jefferson City, California area. Um, What if we all of a sudden had an influx of a bunch of people driving from far east, you know, maybe not all the way to Lynn, but close to Lynn. Maybe if we saw 20 or 30 people like that coming in the next two years or something like that, maybe that would move us to that um, area of the state. And I think, is that Osage County? Okay, Osage County is the most unevangelized county in the state. Is that right, Rick? Have you heard that statistic? Gary, have you all ever heard that? I've read that Osage County is 
is like way up on the list, one, two, something as far as the most unevangelized counties in the state. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, that's number three. Number four, expansion. And by, oh, we've got, I'm even thinking, we've got people that drive from Herman to Freshwater. Did y'all realize that? That's not, they kind of have to get fairly close to, to Lynn at least one way or another. Number four, expansion of international disciple-making efforts into London, England. If you remember last year when we came together, I began to cast the vision for that and what that would look like for us to begin moving, um, or wrapping up Mexico and moving into, um, you know, work to plant a church in London. I shared a lot of statistics about that and what that would look like. And I still feel a real burden for that city, and some of those reasons are listed in there. The problem is that um, finding an individual to really lead the charge on that has been difficult. Um, we were talking with Nick about it, you know, leading the trips, but now Nick's going to concentrate on California, so obviously he's not going to be able to do both of those. So we're still looking, still praying about who's going to be the individual that's going to lead that. Number five, installation of future elders. As you know, we currently have two elders. Rick's sitting back there in the corner. Our desire is to increase this number greatly. Um, praise God, um, we've asked Luke Sumner to consider being an elder here at Freshwater, and he has agreed to that. So Luke's going to enter the elder training process, which is a 15-month process, um, reading intensive and all kinds of good stuff. And at the end of that 15 months, we'll install Luke as an elder. Is that cool? It's good, isn't it? Um, so then at that point, we'll have three elders. And then I'll also tell you that we want, obviously, more than that. The thing that we run into is that um, we've grown at such a quick pace. And we're only, remember, we're only three years old as far as Sunday morning services are concerned, that we've got a lot of young men that love Jesus that I think are going to be great elders. we just got to give them just a little bit more time to roast in the crock pot. And if they roast just a little bit longer, I think they're going to be to that point sooner rather than later. We just don't, Rick and I have talked about this, we just don't want to rush into this. We don't want to make a big mistake in this. So we're just going to, but we're ecstatic that Luke is going to come on board and, and help us with that as well. Now that's a 15-month deal. So he's just now starting that. So even this time next year, he should be getting close to that. But um, that's still 15 months in the future. So those are your five for 2017. Those are your five long-term ministry objectives as well. I've got down there at the bottom where we need you now. Okay, every year I talk about freshwater kids. Every single year. Now I want to tell you all something. You all do a fantabulous job serving back there. Uh, Mike, you're like up to the top of the list, buddy. Um, the kids are in love with Mike McCoy. I ask them, like, why? And they say, he's awesome. I say, really? Yeah, he is. So they, everybody loves Mike. Um, y'all do a, I mean, I see the benefits of freshwater kids in both of my children on a regular basis. Um, today, okay, so Today, worship attendance was our highest attendance yet, 315. Very thankful for that. Y'all saw how packed, especially the second service was, goodness gracious. There were 75 kids in Freshwater Kids. 75 separate kids. Separate kids in Freshwater Kids. Um, that's a lot of kids. Uh, that's, I mean, that, hey, don't get me wrong. That is a wonderful thing. That is a lot of kids. So when we are short-staffed back there, and we're always short-staffed, by the way. Linda, I don't know how Linda makes it happen. I mean, if I believed in magic, I would believe that Linda, um, her and Lori both have magic wands they're waving. But um, when we're short-staffed, I'm confident it's not because y'all are lazy. 
Like, I really don't believe that. Like, I'm looking at who's serving in what capacity. For those of you that have joined the church, we've already got you plugged in. You're serving in multiple capacities. So it's not like y'all are a bunch of lazy people. It's just the fact y'all have had a lot of babies. And when you have that many babies, like, we've got 75 kids back there now. Praise God. You know, we, Linda and I were, I think it was Linda and I were talking just earlier today. Like, I remember when we had 40, and I said, 40? We can't have 40 kids in freshwater kids. We've got to cap that off, you know? You can't have, that's too many. And now we've gotten to the point where we've got 75. So um, here, here's what I'll say. Everybody could look around this morning, and you could know that with two services, we okay, 315 today, we're not going to be able to grow to 400. Ain't going to happen. Not unless you're going to have people sitting on your laps. So eventually, we're going to cap out on what we can fit in here in two services. And that's probably not very far ahead. And by the way, I don't know what we'll do then. Like Brooks and I have talked about it. We've talked about I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what the next step is. I don't know if it means to hurry up on the California thing. I don't know if it means to have a Saturday night service or an 8 o'clock Sunday morning service or just put up with it until we can get out of this building. I don't know what it looks like. But what I will tell you is that um, we're eventually going to cap out in here on our two services. That means if you can't fit any more people in here, then those people can't bring their kids, so we'll cap out on kids as well. I would ask you, um, that when I do a partnership interview... The first thing I always open with when we talk about where an individual is going to serve, not if but where, is I give my freshwater kids plug. And here's what I tell them. I say, if you'll serve in freshwater kids and help to make disciples back there, you don't have to do anything else. Nothing. You don't have to serve in any other capacity. So maybe you're sitting out there and you're like, I'm serving in all these different ways and um, I'm kind of worn out on that and I see the opportunity in serving freshwater kids. Guess what? It's like a golden ticket I'm holding out. You can take that thing. I will erase every other responsibility you have no matter who you're serving under um, and we'll put you back there and you will serve. We have not had one adult die at all, ever. But, you know, the real point is that it is a wonderful discipleship opportunity. I mean, that's what it is, right? You all saw the result of that this morning when you see Aaron and Dora baptize their son, Dustin. That's the result of that. That's the result of Freshwater Kids. So maybe you already serve in Freshwater Kids. Maybe you could up and you could bump up the frequency that you serve. Maybe you are not serving right now. You think kids are icky. They're really not icky. They're a lot of fun. When I, I love serving back there. I really do. I love serving back there in freshwater kids. I think they're great. So I would just encourage you to think about that, um, to pray about that. If you're interested, willing, talk to me. I'm probably not going to have any conversation tonight more important than that conversation. Talk to me or talk to Linda. The second thing where we need you now is come prepared on Sunday morning. Come prepared on Sunday morning. Luke... Uh, stole a little bit of my thunder because what I want y'all to come prepared to do is I want you to come prepared, obviously, to worship, you know, prayed up, studied up in the Word, etc., etc. But I want you to come prepared to connect with people, right? And it's, I, I don't know who gets here when. It's really difficult to connect with people when you're showing up five minutes late, by the way. So if you could come five minutes early, ten minutes early, and make that five minutes, that ten minutes, the time that you're going to be intentional about meeting someone that you don't know, um, they may be somebody who's been here for six months, or maybe it's their first Sunday or whatever, but I would encourage you to come prepared on Sunday mornings, prepared to connect with new people. And then third, I'd ask you to plan on going this year, plan on going this year. We're going to talk a little bit about that as we uh, move into the calendar in just a second. So do I have a chart at the end of that packet? Is that what's next? Yeah, okay. So I don't think I've, yeah, I've, okay, I've got that. So that's the attendance chart. Is that the attendance chart? Okay, so all this is, is this is something 
Mary Beth made, with the help of Steve, gave us the statistics. And this just shows the attendance um, growth year one, year two, and year three. You know, we don't have November done yet, but it'll, um, it's going to be over, probably be over 290 over what October was. So it seems like there's a, um, a pretty steady growth there. You can kind of see what that looks like. Now, you, look, you all know we're going to cap these two services out sooner or later. Probably, maybe. I don't know what we do after that point, but you can see that right there. You can look at that, and then you can also, um, well, you can do whatever you want with it, I guess, but I think it's pretty cool, so we gave that to you, and um, okay, next we're going, what did I say next, the calendar? Is that what I said? Okay, good. Are we, how are we doing on time, 708? Well, I th- we're going to, hey, we're about done. We're really not that far away. Let's move through our calendar for just a second. And so this time every year, we're pretty crazy about having our 2017 calendar set just about in stone. I mean, just about in stone. So um, that's good for me, um, but I know that it's good for a lot of you as well, because you can look forward, you can know exactly when something's going to be. And when I look at this last year, we added a couple things, but by and large, that calendar we gave you at this time last year, you could pretty much bank on that thing. You know, it was pretty pretty accurate. So here's what 2017 is going to look like. First quarter, we've got Children's Hope Chest launch January 15. We've got Wellspring and Act Like Men, one right after the other, um, February 6th and 7th. Those dates are going to coincide as we as we work through the whole calendar. It's going to be at 6.30. There's child care. You can see who the point person is. So if you've got a question about that event, you know who to contact. We've got a fusion coming up, student ministry trivia night fundraiser, that's in the red for fellowship, that's March 17th at 6 o'clock. Y'all had a blast at that thing, didn't you? Like, you're, you were begging Jared to do it again. Um, so the next one is, he's going to have another one, and this is going to pay for camp? Help to pay for camp? Okay, so Jared, something we need to be thinking about is this room was full last year. Uh... And it was so much fun, we need to be thinking about what we're going to do there. So you and I probably need to be talking, because I don't think we could, I don't know that we could do it here again. Put some up on stage. Yeah, put some up on stage, yeah. We could probably, yeah, we could probably do that. So anyway, there you go, that's coming up. New partner class, you can see that. Okay, move on to second quarter. Number one disciple-making trip, Guatemala Children's Hope Chest. So Jessica's going to be leading that. That's going to be March, April-ish. Hey, if you're int- go ahead and be praying about that. Even if you, you're, you're waiting until January 15th to find out for sure if you're going to sponsor a child or whatever, be praying about that trip. Number two, stop and talk about this one for just a second. Disciple-making trip, Paragon Church, Grinnell, Iowa. Okay, here's what this is. Y'all, rem- you, Have you been to Grinnell? No. Jessica left a part of her heart in Iowa. So she, she likes Iowa. Do y'all remember, well, pfft, y'all weren't even here, most of you. Cody Hinton, that was in Council, yeah, Luann was. They were um, in Council Bluff, Iowa. So he was a church planter in Council Bluff, Iowa. We went and helped him on one or two events. Um, that church didn't go over as well as we would like it to for various reasons. Well, he has since partnered with a church in, I think, Des Moines. And that church, um, he worked with them. They planted many churches and worked with them to establish a core group. And they went out to the city of Grinnell. And now he's planted a church. They're meeting on Sunday mornings. And it's he's got a lot better foundation. And um, I've talked with him. And we're going to go up and we're going to help him out on that weekend of April 7th and April um, 8th. What that's going to look like is going to be some type of community Easter thing. 
thing. We don't know. Our responsibility might be cooking. It might be who knows what it's going to look like, but we're going to help them minister to the community. You know, the problem with y'all doing such a good job with like your movie nights and your kids fest and stuff is that other people hear about that and they say, Josh, bring me some of your people, dude. They do such a good job. Will you come do that in Iowa? And I'm like, yeah, I can do that because they're awesome. So we're going to be going up there April 7th and 8th. I would really encourage you to go ahead and put that on your calendar now. Like we know the weekend, don't know for sure if it's going to be Friday night into Saturday or make it a real early Saturday or what, but just kind of count on that. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Kids Fest is once again June 3rd. We're going to be doing our thing there. Got two things to tell you about Kids Fest. So I am in the Best Western right up the street here. Isn't it Best Western? Yeah. And uh, I'm getting the room for the dude that came and taught deeper sessions. I'm getting his room ready. And, the, and yeah, that's it. And so I got it under Freshwater Church. And the lady taking care of it, like running the card and stuff, she says, Freshwater Church. She said, y'all's thing at Kids Fest was awesome. That's what she said. I have no idea who this woman is. And, uh, but she remembered that. You realize, I mean, that was several, several months ago. And we've got people who have came to Freshwater. Some of them have, um, not quite joined the church, but have gotten close to joining the church or kind of in that process. Who our first exposure to them was Kids Fest. Y'all realize that? Hey, what? Really? All right. Praise God. Good. Cool. Okay. So there you go. Um, so it's not, so even if nobody ever joined the church, it's still a great opportunity to love your community, isn't it? That's why we invest a lot of money, a lot of resources, and that's why y'all serve and you do such a great job. That afternoon, I had a local pastor, another church planter here in Jeff City. He called me and he said, Josh, I was at Kids Fest. I had the morning shift, I think. And he was, he's like, I was at Kids Fest and we took our kid through that and y'all did a great job. And you know what I said? I said, dude, I just preach there. Like they do all the work. Linda Gramlin put it all together. Y'all show up. You do a great job. You smile. You're nice. You love people. And he's like, y'all did a great job. And I completely agree. Y'all do a fantastic job. The problem is that when you do a fantastic job, I keep like pushing you to do more. So you need to pull back a little bit, hold back a little bit. Um, Wellspring, Act Like Men, wrap up. Number seven there, Stars Under the Stars, another movie night. We're going to assign that by, we're going to do just like we've done the last several, the last year, last couple years, assign our life groups to specific movies. Um, You know, popcorn, games, you all know how that works, or most of you do. There's Parks and Rec puts on an event, and we come in behind them and, you know, kind of bring the troops. Number two, Labor for Your Neighbor. Something y'all have always really liked. We've got the date there, including the rain date, child care. Okay, the point person is going to be, uh, who is it? It's, uh, oh, it's, it's Dennis, um, yeah, Dennis Davis. Is Dennis, Dennis isn't here, is he? No, I don't see Dennis. So Dennis has agreed to be the point person on that. He's going to run the shift, kind of like Andy did last year, and uh, we're looking forward to that. Don't know what the project is going to be. Um, if you've got an idea of something that we could do, it's, it becomes increasingly difficult to find something to do for labor for your neighbor, something to keep that many people busy for, you know, a couple hours, and it's going to fall in our budget, about $6,000 for that event. Um, number three, ice cream at the park, do that again. Okay, flip over to the back. Um, anything else in that third quarter? A lot of stuff that we've had in the past. Number seven is a new one, Fun in the Sun. That's something Linda Gramblin wants to do, where it's going to be kid games and barbecue, probably here, somewhere close like that, basically a, a kid-friendly event. And then if you look at fourth quarter, 
We've got Fall Family Fun at Fisher Farms, again, another Guatemala trip. Freshwater Family Meeting, November 19th. Kids Night Out. There you go. A lot of stuff that y'all are familiar with, or if you're new to church, you'll become familiar with pretty soon. So there's your 2017 Freshwater Church calendar. There are, there's like maybe one thing that I can see getting added to this. Jessica and I have been talking about some type of an event, some type of a fellowship event that we could have to kind of commemorate or not commemorate, celebrate what we're going to be doing in Guatemala. You know, in Mexico, we had our Cinco de Mayo party. We would come together and y'all eat Mexican food and speak broken Spanish and, you know, whatever. Well, we're trying to think of something like that for Guatemala, but we haven't come up with anything, so we're still talking through that. That might get added. But by and large, by and large, I say this every year, Brooks, you're going to have to hold me accountable to this. By and large, we're going to stick to this thing, and if it ain't on this, we're probably not going to do it. Hopefully, maybe. Um, I guess we'll see. So there's your 2017 church calendar. Okay, let's move on to the financial information. We're not going to go over all this. We're going to hit some, some big picture numbers, and then we're going to, um, then we will be about, um, then I think we'll be about done. You can go home, and y'all can pour over all these numbers, and any questions that you have about this money stuff, Mike, is that cool? They email you? Okay, and you know what? I should probably provide them with, do you have a freshwater email, Mike? No? Okay, do you want, if they were to contact you, how would they contact you? What would be the best way? If they had a question about, what's that? Your home email? What is that? They're not going to remember that. Sorry. Okay. Forget I asked. What we'll do, should we, but I do need some way for the, maybe we'll email that out. Mary Beth, can we email is that okay, Mike, if we do that? Okay, so we're going to email out Mike's email address so that you all have it. So if you go through this and you're like, hey, what is, uh, pfft, whatever, I don't know, whatever you see, um, and maybe you're not comfortable asking me about it, I probably won't know anyway, so it'd probably be good for you to ask Mike. So if you turn to that first page, and Mike, by the way, thank you for doing all the money stuff. Um, what a horrible job. I would never ever want to do this so um what a thank you brother because uh, i get the report and um yeah good okay so uh profit and loss year to date that first column this is the same report that y'all get first quarter second quarter third quarter and then you'll get one end of year as well october 16 so that's this last month it goes over to the next page as well and then january through october that's your year to date so you can see like total income that's including absolutely everything at the end of October was about 217000 um, You know, you just got this. For those of you that have joined the church, you just got the end of September one for the end of the third quarter. So there's not a lot of changes other than, well, yeah. So you can just look at all that yourself. Um, let's go to the next page, to the balance sheet. And the balance sheet will show balance stuff. <laughs> I had a church administration class in seminary. And you know what everybody did? They said, why do we need to know anything about administration? 
And then everybody goes and gets fired at their first church because you don't know anything about administration. So, <laughs> you know, that's the truth. They, there have been surveys, multiple surveys that say pastors lose their first pastorate not because they're bad preachers, immoral acts, it's because they are so horrible at communication, scheduling, administration. On <laughs> Y'all know, yeah, I bet you see it all the time. Um, so it's, it's like a joke, but it's really, it's really not that much of a joke. Any other church would fire me is what I'm getting at. Um, so, <laughs> um, so there's the balance sheet. Um, okay, let's go to the budget, 2017 budget. So here's the, the budget, final partner copy. So we've got a $240,000 a year, 2017 budget. That's forty six fifteen a week. So here's how giving budget and giving has worked its way since I've been here. Our first year, I got here, we took a ninety or $95,000 budget of total uh, general receipts. We had about one thirty-five come in that year. So that was a good year, forty grand over. Um, the next year, we had a $135,000 budget, and we had about one eighty-five come in. So that was a good year, about fifty grand over budget. So then this year that we're finishing right now, we had a $185,000 budget, and we're going to have about two thirty, two forty come in. So, you know, another, you know, several, several thousand dollars surplus. So uh, this 2017 budget, maybe this is low. I don't know. The only thing that kept me from, kept us from making it higher was, honestly, we're going to cap out on attendance. You know, people can't give if they can't come, generally, generally how it works. So we've got a $240,000 a year budget. We've got cooperative program, 7% of undesignated. Okay, so that is, if you all don't know, cooperative program is one of our primary means for mission giving in the, in the church. It's how we, we support seminaries, um, over 10,000 missionaries across the world, um, etc. Lots and lots of great things. We have generally had a 10% CP giving on that. We dropped it to 7% this year, but I want you all to know something. The plan is to get it back to 10%. I have loved for the last two years that we gave 10%. But because of the land payment at the end, we just that was one of the things that, um, well, there wasn't really a whole lot of space to make. Associational missions, that goes to um, uh, also mission work, local mission work, that's 5%. And then local in-church uh, missions is 8%. So that is going to take you to a total of 20%. Y'all should be proud of that. You really should. For a... Church that's three years old to give 20%, uh, 20 cents on every dollar that's given, just thrown in the offering basket, immediately give that or use that for mission work. That is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Maybe you don't know, but that's really, really high, especially for young churches. I'll also tell you that that local missions account, $19,200, that seems like a lot of money, but there are several things that we're not going to get to do in 2017 that I had to cross out and say, we can't do that because... We just didn't have the money. I mean, you figure every kids fest—that's fifteen hundred bucks. You know, um, labor for your neighbor is six grand. What are? I don't think I've got the. I've got a list of what most of them cost, but it doesn't take. A, you start throwing in the movie nights. You start throwing in um, some other stuff, and you get up to nineteen grand really quick. There's your ministry teams. Uh, so every one of those team leaders submits a budget, and um, I'll tell y'all right now that I think the only person that got the full amount that they were asking was Linda and Freshwater Kids because she's awesome. And everybody else is awesome, but if you're going to do that, boy, I think that you get the money. Um, but, you know, there's just the reality is that Jared needs more money than nine grand. He needs more money for 
30 kids a week, and that could possibly grow, but you know, the, what we've got is what we've got. Um, Luke could use more money, worship ministry could use more money, so they all got close, but they didn't get exactly what they were asking. Staff ministry compensation expenses, so that's going to be 40% of the total budget. Um, that is, just like last year, um, that is a that is a lower percentage of the total budget than it was last year. I think last year was 43%. And um, on average, uh, it's about 50 to 56% of total budget goes to salary across all churches. So generally 50 to 56% um, uh, goes to salary. So we're much below that percentage. And then there's your operations, including insurance, office, facility. You know what? The only thing that isn't on the insurance is I don't, I haven't yet got an email about what the price to insure the land is going to be. So that does not include the land. And I don't have any idea what that's going to be. So I'll just let you all know that, that will, that's probably not right. I'm waiting for his email on that. And then you can see the lease payment. So that's $30,000 a year to lease this facility. We pay $2,300 a month right now for the rooms and everything that we've got at this point. That includes utilities. I, I just, I've rounded it up to, to thirty grand simply because um, if we're probably going to have to add another kid's classroom sooner or later. So those generally cost $250 a piece or so. Every time you add a kid's classroom, it's $200, $250 a month. So I anticipated this happen to do that, probably around $30,000. And then, so that's going to leave money to uh, pay toward the land that is going to be $29,110, making the operations 27%. Now, I will tell you as well that um, a land payment, I don't have any idea what that's going to be because we're giving you till the end of the month to make your pledges for that. So everybody in here should have picked up your pledge form. I'd encourage you to fill that out soon. You can do that online, by the way, or you can just drop it in the box, and Mike and Mary Beth will get that. Remember, I don't know who's given what, uh, but I am encouraging you to give, you know, at least drop in a, a form so that we can mark you off the list and know, okay, we've got, you know, 90% of the partners have committed to something or committed to nothing. At least we know that you've committed so that... Um, uh, at that point, we'll be able to know exactly what um, we're going to have to have annually for that land. The next page is the freshwater total giving by month. This is another uh, beautiful chart that um, Mary Beth and Mary Beth made. Good job, Mary Beth. October of this year, what, did y'all get bonus checks in October? What is it? Oh, is that what it is? Oh, three, what, for state workers or something? Or what is that? Oh, oh, oh five Sundays, I see. Okay. Well, I, I thought somebody hit the jackpot at the boat in Boonville or something. I don't know. But you do notice that September was down. So you throw in that it's a five, three-pay month, five-Sunday month, and then that, Sunday, that September was down a little bit. So really that would even out to still show an increase. But who knows what November is going to be. We don't. We don't obviously know that yet. So um, that'll show you, you know, all the way going back to, well, 2014, January of 2014. 14, 15, now we're wrapping up 16. Hey, now here's the truth. I'm not a, y'all caught on, you know this. I'm not a, um, I'm not Sean 
okay? I don't know all, I don't, I don't even, I just want to preach. I want to make, help people follow Jesus. So I don't get all this stuff always. Don't spend a lot of time pouring over it, honestly. But I don't want you to act like, like you're not allowed to know something about the money, okay? So if you've joined the church, I would encourage you, email Mike, or you can ask me, and I'll get you an answer as far as, okay, what does this cost, or what does this mean, or whatever. I probably won't know, but I can help you find out. I want to be as transparent as possible, um, for whatever, like whatever you, whatever question that you have, all right. I don't want there to be any accusations about money being mishandled or anything like that, and that's um, one of the reasons that we talk about it um, at this meeting, and that's why you get your quarterly update as well. So that is that is what we got. Um, que- y'all have any questions? I, maybe I should have gave questions after every you know, mom marker or something. Can somebody take a note and we'll do that next time? Stephanie. I have a question about the children's book chest on the sheet. It says you want 50 kids sponsored before the launch date. Yeah. Or do you want us to wait until the launch date? Wait until the launch date. So we'll have profile cards that you can pick your kids. So hopefully we can get everybody sponsored. Yeah, I'm sorry. That shouldn't have said before. Really, like that, the goal, whenever I've talked to the guy at, at uh, Hope Chest is that that day you'd be able to sponsor them all. Like that's the goal. So before is not a good word. It should have been like at or something like that. There you go. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, that'd be, um, the end of the year, I was planning on giving you three months, and it's been about a month and a half already, so I figured we'd leave that out till the end of the year, and if you haven't watched the video by the end of the year for the deacons, you're probably not going to watch it, and we'll just, uh, you know, cap it at, at that point. We've got several, I mean, several nominations. I'd say the, uh, we're going to have to somehow decide who gets multiple nominations or something like that, because we're going to have such a large pool um, didn't really anticipate that like I should have. But yeah, I'd say till the end of the year we'll have that open. So y'all, I'd really encourage you not to forget about that because then you know, it'll be gone and we won't be taking nominations. Calvin, was it you? Yeah, I'll make them show up, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Calvin is director of missions for Concord Association, and so that's that 5%. So it, it supports a whole bunch of stuff, some of which he just named, and that's why we don't see him and his beautiful wife, Vicky a whole lot, is because they're traveling to those... 45 churches, you said, 45 churches in our association. So those are churches of like faith and practice that cooperate for mission work, and there you go. Anything else?
Okay. Well, um, I'm thinking last year Shasta told me I took you all the way up to um, 8 o'clock. So that's another 29 minutes. We are going to sing together. So um, I guess we'll sing and then we'll be done. Is that cool, Brooks? Okay. Um, Are you going to lead the singing? What? Okay, good, because I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Um, uh, We're just going to sing the doxology, and then after we sing the doxology, we will uh, be dismissed. Is that cool? Absolutely anything. Hey, anything, any question that you weren't comfortable asking in a group setting, don't hesitate to come up and come up and and ask me and um, I'll do my best to get you an answer okay